You're listening to Messy Jesus Business, a podcast about radical gospel living. Hey everyone, I'm Sister Julia Walsh, a writer, spiritual director, and jail minister living in Chicago. Welcome to The Mess. I've been blogging at MessyJesusBusiness.com since 2010. Messy Jesus Business, the blog, and now the podcast, explores how the mess of radical gospel living brings disciples into a life of struggle as we advocate for social justice, live simply, serve others, practice contemplation, and live in community. In this episode, we're talking with Father David A. Jones, who shares his unique vocation story, explores the intersection of church and oneness versus rugged individualism, and his understanding of what it means to be a priest of the neighborhood. And we'll talk about how our vision of heaven can be limiting, but the reign of God has space for everyone. Father Jones holds a Bachelor of Science degree in the field of economics at Grambling State University and a Master of Divinity degree from the University of St. Mary of the Lake Mundelein Seminary. On December 15, 1989, the late Joseph Cardinal Bernadine ordained Father David to the priesthood. After only three years of ordination, he became the youngest person appointed pastor in the archdiocese. He is currently assigned as pastor of St. Benedict the African Parish in the Englewood neighborhood in Chicago and as an archdiocesan dean. Hi, Father David. Welcome to Messy Jesus Business. Hello. Good to be with you. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So I, I've known you for several years now, and we've been partners in ministry in many different ways, but I think it'll be nice to turn the tables a bit. I know you as a person who tends to be very pastoral and a great listener, and I am eager to just hear from you, your thoughts and wisdom and hear part of your story. So I'm happy to listen to you during this time. Owls and coffee tables and things. I, I just thought that was the weirdest thing. It just, that, that was not my story. I did not want to be a priest. I think mm-hmm. like many people, there's someone who suggests that early on. When I'm in grammar school, where 99% of the students are not Catholic. So you're, you're kind of rare mm-hmm. anyway um, in, 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 the, in the context, my context, which was similar to other schools in the inner city where the neighborhoods were, were African-American. It, it, a small percentage of people are Catholic. So I'm in a school with lots of students, but I'm a different kind of minority because I'm Catholic in a Catholic school. And so it's just... <laughs> Right. So I'm looking back, I can say that that would explain to me why there was so much energy mm. around what would how what do we do? Um, I, I heard stories. I don't know if they're true or not, but uh, again, my family is is very Catholic. Everyone knows that. That's a part of our identity in the neighborhood and in the church. And I'm told of stories of from the Sisters of Mercy. They were staffing the parish. Sister Florentia whom I never met in my life, uh, but that she took me, the first time I was not 
in my own house. The first time as a baby, I'm taken outside of the house away from my parents was by Sister Florentia, who took me to the convent and placed me on the altar and prayed that I would become a priest. Really? I don't know if it's true. That's what I was told. <laughs> so this thing of priesthood has kind of been around me, but it was not my thing. Mm. Um, so it just, as any other young boy, I mean, that there are people who just elect to keep bringing that up. Um, mm -hmm. I, I didn't hear it as people saying something to me, something unique. I, I heard is what this, this is what they say. This is what Catholic boys are told. And, and then I'm ushered off to Quigley, which was a high school seminary. Um, I understood it as high school. I didn't understand it as a seminary and I'm not unique. That was true of my classmates as well. Mm -hmm. so now you're in an environment that has a label, a title, but it's still not anything that I'm owning. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And I'm 13, so I'm not really thinking about being anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, not, they're, they're, we're not making any decisions right now. Um, I was not afforded the opportunity to make the decision of which high school to go. My parents reserved that right. I had the right to choose which college I would go to, and I did. And, and, and there were, I'm told again, there were efforts on the part of the administrators at Quigley at that time who had decided that I would go to the college seminary. Mm. And then by my version of the story, to my great fortune, there was a university that gave me a full scholarship. And so I went to that university that kind of changed whatever was being ushered in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but I'm still not in, a, I'm not in a place where I feel like I'm making choices. So it wasn't, I was not opposed to priesthood. I was probably as serious as any other 14, 15, 16 year old boy would be. But, I, but that's just not, we're, we're not thinking about what are you going to commit your life to? Yeah. So the next time I remember um, this coming back where I had to wrestle with the idea of priesthood was when there are always people who were saying, you should be a priest, you should be a priest. I just didn't know what they were talking about. And I didn't mm. feel like they were talking to me. I thought, yeah, you just, you, you guys want as many priests as you can get. So it's, it wasn't personal. <laughs> I didn't take it that way. Mm. Um, and maybe I missed something there, but I, I thought it was just the general thing that Catholics did mm. um, or, or, or promoted. Um, and, and then I, it, it got a little weird because I graduate from undergrad and I, and I, I I'm, I'm a very happy student. I didn't, I really did, you know, I, I didn't think about post-graduation. I, right. I, if we could stay right here and I could go to these classes, I, I don't really need a time limit on this. This is <laughs> good. Um, even though, on the other hand, I was driven. I was determined to finish that program in four years. And, and it was upsetting when right. I graduated. My, my parents came to graduation and, um, you know, everybody's happy, but I'm not happy. And my mother asked me, she said, what is wrong? And I said, do I, do I have, does this mean I have to leave? Mm. And she just looked at me like, you, are you crazy? Do you, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> so now I have to figure out what to do. And then I have two job offers. One was a major life commitment. Mm. And I'm very clear, I'm not making a major life commitment. Mm. And it was the, uh, uh, it, it was with the, uh, the Central Intelligence, the CIA. And I just knew, you, that's not, you know, if you go there, you probably can't just leave. You, you know, you have to be, <laughs> yeah, like, want to be there. Or, and then the other was a, um, 
an offer from uh, Pizza Hut of America. They were trying a new program where they wanted to get more uh, people in their management, on their management track who had college degrees hmm. compared to the ones who had worked their way up. Um, so that was, you know, I, I would have a job. I could do the things you're supposed to do. Um, I could not depend on my parents. I, I was functional and grown. So that was that until at some point, a very wise uh, regional manager, this was not someone I worked with, but he had authority over me because he was in charge of several states. And uh, he and I had a conversation one day and we, we, we were meeting for the first time and I'm kind of complaining about some of the practices, which really were bad. Some of the, it was a high volume store in a very poor community, which mm. essentially meant they were not, the, the facility was not equipped to handle the volume. So you, you had to kind of do things to make it work. Mm. Um, I'm saying, no, you, you can't do that. You know, that, you don't, you don't take the, you can't keep that cheese because you can't put it in the refrigerator and just scrape off the top layer of mold and then use the rest. I mean, you just uh. don't do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, you know, very clearly pointed out that it was not creating any uh, food safety issue. And, and, and I assume he's right, but, but, and, and in, in our back and forth, he finally said, you do realize that this is not a church. We're here to make money. And he didn't know my background. Oh, wow. So it was, I, I was stunned when he said, this is not a church. And that really touched me. And I said, I made, that was probably the voice that was stronger than any of the pastors and principals and uh, family members and parishioners. I mean, there was something about that man, that stranger, saying that you, you do realize this is not a church. And, I, and in that moment, and so I said, you know, you're right. Huh. It's not, it, you're still wrong about that storage issue, but, but you're right. I'm not, I'm this, I'm not my, I, it's not my place to come and change someone's business. That's what you do. Um, so, and, and I told that story to uh, the chaplain at the university that I attended at the Newman Center where I attended, and he went berserk, and, and he's screaming, he's screaming, and I don't like to be screamed at. I'm not, I, I'm not accustomed to it. It hasn't happened much mm -hmm. in my life. And he's saying something about like, you know, why are you, why won't you just go to the seminary? Why does everyone have to keep bringing it up? What, are, what is wrong with you? And I'm going, that, I, I really just wanted him to stop screaming. And <laughs> so I said, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, it, and looking back, you know, it was attractive because I could go back to school. Mm. I was still kind of mourning that thing about not being in a place. I loved, I loved the academic life. I loved the academy. I loved, I still love everything about being in an environment where everyone is learning and teaching and it's all, um, you know, connected in that way. Mm. So, you know, everyone else thought it was a good idea. So I said, okay. And it was, it, was, it was terrible, though, because um, at some point, I, and, and this was very late in the process, and this doesn't make sense, but it's true. Um, you know, it's like in the final year is when it dawns on me, okay, now, because I've graduated now, so now I know what the, how that thing works. When you finish this program, you got to leave. And that, when I, so I understood this program is ending, mm -hmm. the academic program, but you're not in fourth year. You're, you're not in fourth year in a graduate seminary program without 
that's not a discernment year. Mm. <laughs> the discernment should have ended before. So now I'm embarrassed because I'm like, how am I going to tell, how am I going to tell these people now, whom I love now? I, I, no, thank you for, thank you for the diploma, the degree, but that's, that's pretty much all that's on the table. So there was, <laughs> there was an intense time hmm. and, and, and fortunately the, uh, the the a, a very very good bishop that would have been Cardinal Bernardin mm. and I you know I, I don't know if he got it or if he just if it was pity or if he was just like listen we got to get everybody to the altar but it, but um, so that that was helpful to to have a to have a pastor in that moment and um, he encouraged me and uh, thought that um, maybe if I if I went to look at the church somewhere else. And, and I think it was his suggestion. I think he suggested Africa. And so he arranged for me to go to um, East Africa where I knew an archbishop. He had been a seminarian when I was in grammar school in Chicago. He, he came from Tanzania to CTU mm. and would kind of hang out in our parish. So I knew him mm -hmm. and I certainly just knew say, his Sorry, Catholic Theological Union for the listeners. Catholic, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, and so I went there and, it, and, and he was excellent. I mean, he, he mm -hmm. really, and, 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 and Tanzania was excellent. And it, mm -hmm. I, I don't know what all the magic was, but it was very clear to me that God was in charge of all of that. Mm -hmm. And in that, what I walked away from was a piece um, with the ideal of priesthood, but very clearly and very importantly, it was not a choice. It wasn't, I was not trying to be a priest. I was called, I was accepted, I was privileged. Mm. It, it was, so when someone says to me, well, why did you choose to be a priest? I'm like, I, it's a crazy story, but I actually, I never did. <laughs> and that was important to me. I, if, yeah. It had been something that I wanted, something that I designed and, 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 and was um, uh, aggressive uh, or ambitious towards, it, it, it would, it would not, um, it would not have been with humility and I, and mm -hmm. I, it, it would not have gone well mm. and, and it has gone well. So I think all things happened in the way that they happened for the best outcome. Mm. Wow. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear all these parts of your story. There's nuggets of it that I knew, but, uh, I just love hearing the broad strokes and yeah. there's, there's so much in that too about, you know, well, it sounds very biblical. <laughs> like I'm thinking of all the prophets that tried to run away, you know, and so on, but also the, the how a call is, it can be an internal thing. And it is for some of us, like we really have this sense kind of building within our, within our spirits, but for you, it just really sounds like there was such an external, call and it really came from the wider community and um and wow and what a gift that you had cardinal uh, or bishop was he bishop or cardinal at the time Bernadette? he was cardinal, he was cardinal, at, he the was cardinal at the time yeah okay so that you had him as a pastor and he suggested you go to tanzania how long were you in tanzania and that he would even be i mean why is he talking to a seminary yeah you know, yeah. even, even 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 none of it makes sense but he he, he took an extraordinary interest and it, and it did help um, it helped me to understand what I didn't understand. And I, I don't know if, if it compares to what other people understood at that moment, but it was never, it was never my, it was, it was comforting to me that it was not my vocation. It was the communities. Mm -hmm. 
And he certainly represents that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's the thing that he helped you understand that you didn't, didn't understand before that. I, was I, there... don't know, I don't know what his intention was. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why he, um, as I said, he, he could have been, he could have been counting the numbers and trying to say, no, we, we want to get everybody we can. But, but it, but it, you know, his, his attention was extraordinary. Mm-hmm. His gesture towards, um, uh, getting me to 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 go to Africa, which I, I I just don't know why he suggested that, or if we were talking about it, and he said that's a good idea. It, I I had been before, so it wasn't okay. Okay, you know, it wasn't that moment. Um, yeah, but it but it but it, I do. I'm very clear that it helped me to understand community and to understand mm. church and community as synonymous. Mm. Um, mm. So those are two things I I I don't separate. I I tend to to, to um, fray when they look like they're different things. Mm. Um, and it helped me to understand Catholic, you know, lower C, um, mm-hmm. because I could see the church in a completely different culture that I, I'm not connected to, but I, you know, want to know more about. And, it, and, and the worldview is changed when you, when you have those kind of experiences to travel. Mm. Uh, so then my view of the church was, was, was changed as well. So that, yeah. <coughs> so, and just to clarify, how long were you actually in Tanzania as a new priest? No, I wasn't there as a priest. Oh, you were, you were still a seminarian. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, I was there weeks. I was there weeks. I, I think oh, I, just weeks. Okay. Just weeks. I think I spent um, a week and a half with, um, he, he was, uh, he's, he's now deceased with um, Archbishop Mayala in the, in the northern part of Tanzania, the Mwanza Diocese, Mwanza Musoma. And then um, the latter part of the trip was in the, uh, in the, in the southern part of Dar Salaam, mm. the city. So that was, that mm. was. I'd love to go back to your point about Catholic with a small C and then community and church and how these things all sort of fit together. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm wondering if you just want to unpack that a little bit and explain how, how you understand. You know, as you said it, I never noticed the alliteration before, but it's Catholic community and church, CCC, you know, um, it's in the universality that Mm -hmm. if, if if it is Catholic, it has to be universal. So there's no room for division. Um, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it's anti this or anti that, or if it's you know, majority and minority, then, it, then it's not Catholic. So it, it, to me, it becomes a true definition of community, which becomes a true definition of church. What it, 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 as I understand church, it is, um, it, it is the way in which we come together, or we come back together, it mm. models thing that God was pleased to begin in the beginning and got frayed. And so we have to have a way to come back together and to be who we are originally and to, and to redefine our understanding of what it means to be one. Wow. Uh, that we, we, we have lots of examples, especially in our culture, where rugged individualism can be the goal. Mm-hmm. But, but if we're in, in, in a uh, Catholic community church, then one one is not individualism. One is community. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One bread, one body. How, this is you know, the mystical part of it is is very appealing 
to the, uh, the, the global sense of it. But this is, this is where the church is where the world makes sense. Um, it's very odd to me that we, there are denominations of churches. <laughs> like, yeah. kind of the whole point was to be one. Mm -hmm. So in our humanness, we keep splintering and dividing, but it, it doesn't change the original plan. Mm. It, it is to be one. And so Catholic, lowercase, it becomes the way to do that. that. That's when everything makes sense to me, where everything else outside of that, if it, if it can't fit into the definition of Catholic, then there's a there's an error uh, there. There's there, there's no way to come back together, which mm. I think is not possible in God's creation. There there is a way. There has to be a way because God God deemed it so. So that's the that's the power of God. That there's a way to there's always a way to come back to be one if you wake up and realize <laughs> your your definition may be too small. You, your definition of maybe one doesn't need to be. Um, so rooted in the first person pronoun, but it <laughs> has to be rooted in community. There's a West African proverb that I love that says, I am because we are, and because we are, I am. Mm -hmm. Ubuntu, you're speaking of Ubuntu there, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I went, so, and oh, <laughs> my heart's so alive. This is, I feel like I'm listening to one of your homilies again. I love it <laughs> so much. You're such a good preacher. Um, but you know, it just, it's, because I don't know if you know if I've ever shared this part of my own story, but you know, I studied abroad in South Africa. And when I was there, I took a class on Africa. It was African spirituality just in general. And really the, the main takeaway of that course for me was the importance of community and how a person can't really be a person except through other people. And, you know, Desmond Tutu's writings explore that over and over and over. And, um, and ultimately that was the truth that, Truth and Re Reconciliation Commission's work after apartheid in South Africa as well was rebuilding the community, restoring the oneness. Uh, and, you know, that was both spiritual, religious and, and, and work as well as political work. And um, so there's, there's this, you know, this great blending of, of, of how, we, how we build and, and promote unity and, and uplift it. I'm... Um, also reminded how that was ultimately the reason I felt interested in um, religious life and I wanted to live a life of committed to community. But, but you didn't, you're a diocesan priest. So, so I'm wondering how, how this community, the spirituality of oneness, of community, of, of building up the church and the, in, and the unity in it for you manifest in, in your life in Englewood. You know, where um, I, I am aware it's a challenging and complicated place and it's a beautiful and sacred place. And, uh, and it gets a bad rap by, by a, lot of, a lot of people, but you're very devoted, as I know it, to, to being a person who is building up that unity and that peace there. And, and also, like, how does it work for you to also sort of be like the priest for the neighborhood, you know? And it's, it's not like you're... Like, oh, sorry, you have to join, join the parish, fill out your membership card before I minister you or give you any attention. You're, you seem to have this very ecumenical understanding of what it means to be a minister, priest to the neighborhood. I think it's consistent with my use of uh, Catholic with the lower, lower KC. Mm. It is ecumenical. I mean, how, again, how could it not be? If, it, if we can't fit people in here, 
then it's not Catholic. Yeah. So it's, I mean, there must be a way. And there certainly doesn't have to be a division. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's, it, it, it's, uh, um, it, it's lived out as I observe in people's lives. So I hear from very devout cradle Catholics, some of the same things I hear from people who come to St. Benedict and that's the first time they've been in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they, they both can tell stories of how they need to be here, how this, this, they, they feel, they feel this place is sacred and they feel something that they don't feel outside of this place. My language would be a call to holiness. Yeah. They may not use the language, but they express the feeling. Mm-hmm. So how we kind of come up with the rules and the regulations that define them outside of, I think is where we still have to grow as a Catholic community. It, it's, it's, I get it. I get it. They're, they're different denominations for reasons. They're good reasons, mm. but it doesn't, it, it doesn't take away our Catholicity. Yeah. I mean, that still has to be reconciled because it's true. Uh, it's truly Catholic. So it, yeah, we, we, we function in a way that looks like, well, we're okay with the kind of, um, you know, the parameters where, that you fit in or you don't fit in. I mean, but, but it doesn't change the mission. It, it's, it's true. It, 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 it's truly to be Catholic. At some point, hopefully, we realize that that, 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 uh, that convergence um, happens in a, in, in a way that we, we, we see it and we recognize it. And it's not odd. It doesn't make us different. It makes us sane. It makes us one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. To, to that regard, it's fortunate to be in a place like Inglewood, where there just there are a lot of non-Catholics, mm-hmm. you know, or or where you and I meet teaching at Hales. Um, I understood the faith more than I ever understood it as I'm trying to teach it to high school boys who are African American, mm-hmm. not Catholic, maybe not church. I mean, to make it make sense to them. And yeah. when they not, I get it. I'm like, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. If they can get it and they can see themselves in it, then that's the truth. I often preach and say, we would be comfortable with a church filled with nice little old ladies, but we're not really a church until we have a, a good view of some rugged, rough looking young men who don't look like they fit in and yet they do. That's when the visible is tangible and it's, and, and maybe even the impossible has become possible, but that's the fullness that um, tells me that, that yeah, we, we, we have to always seek that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reign of God includes all people, no matter who they are, what their cultures, what their backgrounds. Yeah, it has to. Yeah. Otherwise right. it's not the reign of God. Yeah. Amen. So we can't, we can't redefine that just because we want to make it monolithic. <laughs> we want to make it controlled <laughs> or right or we have this narrow comfortable vision of like in 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 my heaven everyone is like me because <laughs> i get that <laughs> but no actually god god's vision is much bigger than ours right i think so, a lot of people think heaven is the suburbs yeah. <laughs> it's not. I'm, I'm very clear that's not true <laughs> yeah the heavens are- Amen. I'm with you there. Oh, shoot. So, you know, uh, one of your example, though, of like including the, the rugged young man who um, may seem like the outsider reminds me that one, uh, yeah, we united uh, and got to know each other when we first ministered at Hale's Franciscan. 
high school back in the day. And, um, you know, I know that a passion that lingers for you is the, is the passion of, of building community among uh, sort of that, that age bracket or even older, right? Young adult men and, and adolescent men um, in the African-American communities, especially. So what, what is the, your, why is that such your passion? And then how do you, how do you think, um, is there some sort of formula or method or, or vision that you have about, about how that could work and how we as a church could help you? No, I mean, it, it, it's the thing that makes me pray. I don't know. And it's not, it's not the young men. It's, it's not the, um, the obvious. What, what, but it, they, they become a barometer. I mean, if they can't fit in here, then there's something we're, that, that's on us. That's not on them. It's not because okay. there's something wrong with them. Sure. It's because somehow we're not attractive to them. And, and I think that if we're working to be attractive to them, because I consider them to be the ones who are most often rejected, most often disregarded, most often just, you know, dismissed. So if we, if we take the ones who we are most likely to be fine or even indifferent towards and say, no, they've got to be here. Well, then everybody else, if they can fit in, that means everybody can fit in. Mm. Then we really are a community that's not discriminatory. We really are a community that's not just negative. We're proactive. We're Catholic. Mm. Because that, that they are the proof to me. They are the proof of how, how Catholic we are and how well we are situated in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if they're not there, mm -hmm. that, that says something. And if we don't, and if we are actively prohibiting them from being there, then that says something even more disturbing. But it, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. And St. Benedict seems to be a, a, a wonderful place to see it played out. I mean, there, there, there are, I, I can name people who are here faithfully and I do not know why. I mean, why does that young man, he's here every Sunday. Mm. He, he sits there, you know, he's not Catholic, but he's, he's there every Sunday. Mm. I, I, yeah, I mean, there, there's something for us to learn. There. Mm. There's something for us to appreciate there. Um, I met a woman um, recently and she is an ordained minister and uh, has a, a wonderful assignment. Um, you know, and, and just in, 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 our, in our introductory conversation, she said something about uh, being in Chicago and her family was a member of a, a Catholic parish. And so now I'm like, okay, well, how did you, how did you get from a Catholic parish to this position as an ordained minister, obviously mm. in a different tradition. And um, she said, I didn't. She says, well, our service doesn't start until 11. So I go to mass at eight and then I'm free to pastor in this community at 11. And I thought, well, <laughs> wow. But when I thought about it, I said, okay, clearly we as Roman Catholic institution can't figure that out. That's not, that's not doable. <laughs> mm. um, but in our own life, with her, Catholic, her very Catholic foundation, which is very important to her, mm. she figured out how to be an ordained minister in a different tradition without sacrificing her sense of her own Catholicity, which is a part of her family's history. So 
you know, I, it, it's, again, I, I, can, I can tell you the rules. I can tell you, yeah, that this, by canon law, that, no, this, this is what happened. That didn't happen. This is, but I love the fact that in her life, she figured out how to respond to what she understood as an authentic vocation and make it Catholic in a way that we, we, we can't even recognize. Yeah, that's so you know, I, I love the fact that we can say, yeah, I can, I can see, I can see some truth. I can definitely see some beauty mm. in that story. And I think that it offers some hope mm. for us as we grow in our sense of, well, what does it mean to be one holy Catholic and apostolic mm -hmm. And, you know, I think what you're, what's underneath what you're saying there and that beautiful example is, is this way of, um, there's an invitation to expand our imaginations of what it really even means to be church or what it means to be Catholic or what it means to live out our vocations. And we oftentimes can, you know, really get um, confined by, yes. by what the limitations that we're hearing from elsewhere is, is this is the way it has to work. But how do we enter into this space of discernment with the spirit where we're cooperating with the fact that the Holy Spirit is kind of more like a wild animal <laughs> and is, is going to most likely bring us to places that are beyond what structures even permit at times. So, so you have to, I mean, the, the pandemic is a, is an example of that. So right. you can't go into that building. Well, we've always said the church is not a building, but when we couldn't go into that building, it was a struggle. Well, what do we do? What, how are we church? So it, I'm, I'm very clear that it's in our lack of imagination. I'm not, I'm not challenging what is uh, what what is in the books. You know what's on the law, what's was what was in the book, and what was what's written in the law. I'm, I'm not saying we change church. I'm saying our we're limiting ourselves. Mm -hmm. So if Catholic is only in uh, only in this building, only with these people, only you know with this this state, I'm like that. That's a, that's we're making it smaller and smaller while God is making it bigger and bigger. Mm. Uh, we're 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 someday we're going to realize that that our, our sense of one was not the um, uh, the the thing that we we thought. It, it's not you know it's not it, it, for us. It's not my individual rights. Yeah. It, it, it's the it, it's a who are it, it's it's where my faith challenges. Well, who are we as a country? Mm -hmm. we're, we're no matter how much we think. Yeah, everybody can be here practice their own individual rights and have their own individual rights and no there's no there's a bigger there's a bigger thing here this yeah it's about the we not the me right or it's about the community and the common good not just what's good for me <laughs> right yeah amen. I, remember, I met a man early on when uh, i was ordained and he wanted to talk to me because he said he felt he could talk we were about the same age and he said he he felt that he could talk to me and uh he, he told me he said he, he i asked him why well why don't you come to church his parents go to church came to came to mass regularly and he said well, i can't i said well, why can't you come he says because he says because i'm a drug addict and i thought <laughs> you know i almost laughed i'm like that's that that's probably the reason to come to church that's yeah. not, no we're, we're imagining it wrong no you can come and he said well no every you know he said that and at some point i said to him i said you know you, you you're thinking that everyone else's life is perfect in there and yours is not he says right and i said no 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 at best well dressed <laughs> well dressed <laughs> at best yeah, <laughs> exactly I don't, I don't even know how we all got here but it, it is because we were all suffering and we needed remedy and the remedy was the faith
And the remedy was each other, you know? The each other, yes. Yeah. The remedy, yeah. Was, the remedy was expanding that sense of light and who the we, and it's just not all about me. Mm. So um, I know our time is winding down, but I'd love to ask you uh, two more questions. First, what is discipleship for you? <laughs> I was in a, uh, on an interview panel once and the, uh, the, it had gone on and on and on and on. And there was one person on the team and she hadn't said a word in 50 minutes. And as I was ushering to let's end this and she finally said, I have one more question. And she had said to the candidates, she said, who is Jesus to you? And I thought, you know, how is this, how, how is this, how are we going to get out of this question? <laughs> um, I, discipleship for me, and this goes back to say working with working with young young guys who don't have a clue about the faith and how do you make it make sense to them. So it has come to me to understand it, it's in the work. You know, I, I know that we fancy the 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 idea that God is very interested and hopefully pleased with our person, but it, it but but I but I think discipleship pushes it to say it's in the work, much as God in the in the beginning created the world and said, that's good. He didn't say, I'm good. He said, that's good. Mm. So it's the church work that we do together. Mm. Discipleship is agreeing to be a part of the mission of Jesus Christ to do the work of the church together. Mm. And, and it's in the work. It, it's, it's, it's that we come together and we're able to do the work because we've come together with all of the facets of that. So you can do, you can do more work with more people. You can do better work with more minds. You can do, you know, so it, it, mm -hmm. it, it, the discipleship is the people that we come together to do the work of the church um, together. And so it, it has to, all of those phases have to be there. So it's not just that I come to church. It's not that I come to church <laughs> and I do something. Mm -hmm. It's that I come to church. There are other people who come to church. Now we've all come to church together. We didn't intend to come together, but that's grace. <laughs> we we yeah. thought we walked in alone, but we walked in together. And uh -huh. now we have prayed together. And now we have received the word together. And now we have received the body and blood together. And now we are going to leave this place together. And we're going to do the work together. Even mm -hmm. though we're going to go back looking like we're scattered, we're not. We're united. Mm. So that's discipleship. It, it's the way in which we come together to do the work of the church. That's beautiful. Wow. So, and, you know, just random, do you suppose that's part of the reason when I come to St. Benedict for worship pre-pandemic, pre I got to do that. Um, the sign of the peace was, oh, is one of the most vibrant parts of the liturgy. Because that's, I think, an uh, embodied experience of that togetherness that, that's flowing through the room and the, the hospitality and the welcome that's offered to everybody. Is, is that, or is there something else about um, the culture that, that, makes that makes it manifest that way? What it is, is um, uh, it's a very good and important energy uh, where where people are connecting with one another, yeah. and they are and, and they're rest they're wrestling with the difference between having uh, sisters and brothers who are born into your nuclear family and having sisters and brothers in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So I, I understand that energy to be to be trying to say yeah if if you if we were born from the same mother I would it would be innate it would be right there but 
I have to make it so because this is my church family. Wow. And, 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 and that's where I see that energy coming from. Yeah. It's liturgically, <laughs> because, but, it, but, it, but it, it has this great energy yeah. for coming to communion. Yeah. Well, I sure like it better as <laughs> as a white person. I'll just say that, you know, like we're, the little parish that I grew up in Iowa, it was sign of peace was like, give awkward hugs to your siblings or like, you know, hurt them a little bit, like be embarrassed that your parents are giving you a hug or a kiss in public. And then um, maybe like awkwardly greet your neighbors and then like get back to looking like you're pious. And like, like that's what, and that never felt, like me you know it didn't feel authentic but because i t probably have this this spirit where i just want to greet and love everybody so yeah. so that i think i feel more at home in your church for that reason anyway i said i had another question and i kind of got off off interrupted there because because i love that that image um the other question is just you know in this all the things we're talking about the building of community the authentically living out your vocation even though you might not like it or choose it um and and uh building up the a church of oneness uh that offers hospitality to to those who might be um the least likely to be there so all of that what is messy in this for you I would have to say that where we don't get it, and in our honesty, we don't want it. Mm. So if if you're if 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 the litmus test for me is we we have to have some people in here who we wouldn't be around if it were not for being here, and this is a church. <laughs> um, that's the only way it makes sense for us to be with these people who we wouldn't choose to be with necessarily, uh, compared to those we choose to be with because they're 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 similar to us. But but then the energy switches because. You can build a whole community of people who only belong in church. And then we're the people who fit in the corporate world. We're the people who fit in the, um, the, 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 the governmental world, the political world. We're, we're the, it says, no, 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 you have to be here too. So mm -hmm. I, I, I understand that, you know, when we have those wonderful stories in the Bible and there's clearly somebody who steps out of the crowd and gets more attention from Jesus and begin, and becomes a disciple, you know, and not just a member of the crowd, but you know, it, it, when when uh, when when the story of the Good Samaritan, I mean, the Jesus' point was to get all of those guys into the church, including the thief, including the you know the including the person who the priest who walked by, including the people who were kind of witnessing this. I mean, it, yeah, it's not it's not it's messy when we kind of say no no we kind of keep trying to make it no 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 it's just for this person, mm. so, no no or it's just for these people no 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 it's it's it, it's it's always trying to get all of us into here and that has to be messy that's not that's never going to be a linear straight kind of um you know and it would be boring if it were it would and it and it would not require god mm. you know, we could do that without god mm. and that would definitely say well then it, that's fine but then now you can't call it a church so it's, it's it's messy because it's all the things that we need god to do, we can't do them. You know, you can you can love your mother. We could do that. We could, in most cases, you could do that without any divine intervention. But to love your enemy, Whew. you cannot do that without God. Amen. And it oh. sets all of us right. You know, <laughs> so. Amen. That's part for me. Thank you so much. What a great place to end it. And thank you for all you're doing. And thanks for being a messy Jesus business. You're welcome. I enjoyed it.
invite you to join me in this contemplative moment. Whereas the gospel call to oneness was a theme in my conversation with Father David A. Jones, I'm going to read a passage from the Bible where we learn how Jesus prayed for oneness among his friends. If you can, I invite you to close your eyes and breathe deeply as you listen and pray. Notice if certain words or phrases stick out for you. Is there a particular message that God wants you to hear today? A reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 17, verses 13 through 26. But now I am coming to you. I speak this in the world so that they may share my joy completely. I gave them your word, and the world hated them, because they do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world any more than I belong to the world. Consecrate them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I sent them into the world. And I consecrated myself for them, so that they also may be consecrated in truth. I pray not only for them, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, so that they may all be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to perfection as one, that the world may know that you sent me and that you love them even as you loved me. Father, they are your gift to me. I wish that where I am, they also may be with me, that they may see my glory that you gave me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Righteous Father, the world also does not know you, but I know you, and they know that you sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will make it known that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. That's another episode of Messy Jesus Business. Thanks for listening. Messy Jesus Business is produced, hosted, and edited by me, Sister Julia Walsh, with assistance from Cherish Bedzinski. You can find us online at MessyJesusBusiness.com and on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon. If you like what you heard, could you please do a few things? Share with your friends, subscribe wherever you find your podcasts, and leave us a review. Plus, I'd love it if you could support us on Patreon. Thanks! Messy Jesus Business is produced in partnership with the Franciscan Sisters of Perpetual Adoration. You can learn more about our religious community and donate to our mission at www.fspa.org. Thanks.
I'm Sister Julia Walsh, and I'll catch up with you next time. Until then, peace and all good. <laughs>